Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. Welcome back. We are super excited to be on today, and we have a very special guest. Her name is Shelly, and I am going to let Phyllis introduce her. Yeah, so this is Shelly Tyson, and Um, I met Shelly actually on LinkedIn, which was so great. So for all you guys wondering if LinkedIn works, every once in a while you hit a little needle in the haystack and you meet someone super cool. And so um, I was interested in Shelly's things because Shelly is an entrepreneur like we are and she, um, but I want to give a little backstory. She's a professional pianist. turned entrepreneur who's passionate about seeing other women of faith rise up and lead lives of international intent, international intentional service, using their gifts to glorify God and serve others abundantly. She's a mama for a business owner, and she knows the highs and lows of creating a life that makes an impact while keeping her faith as a solid foundation. She started, um, uh, Cultivate Legacy online membership in 2021. So this year, February. And, but she also had her own skincare business aside from raising four children, which is a job in itself, playing piano for her church, hosting the Cultivate Legacy podcast. Shelly is also a master coach um, for Guide Culture, a sales leadership and training course. And all these roles, Shelly's greatest passion is to see others becoming who God meant for them to be as daughters of the King. She and her husband, Brian, reside in Marietta, Georgia with their four children. Shelly, oh, so good to see you again. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. After reading that, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> you need a nap. Well, I was tired after piano. Like I took piano for like seven years and I'm like, I'm still not good at it. So congrats that you're so funny. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with, um, just with Colt, just with, I guess with your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. It's so, it's such an interesting journey to look back on. It's been kind of a vortex of change over the last decade or so. And you mentioned that I'm a professional pianist by trade and that's what I did for many years, over 20 years. I studied that through um, high school and to college and honestly thought that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then I became a mom and I realized that to make it as a musician, you have to really trade time um, for money and as my children began to come along, I just realized that that was not a sacrifice that I wanted to make. And so I chose to stay home full time at the initially. Um, and that was a beautiful gift. I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, but I put a lot of my kind of driven type A um, ambitious part of my personality on the back burner. And when I became a mom and I missed 
having something to build. I missed um, having something to work towards um, as a mother. And our children came fast and close together. And so there was just a lot of myself that I felt like I put on the back burner when they were younger. And I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to do that now um, because God really grew me in a lot of areas that I would not have had the opportunity to grow in if I had not had that gift of having them close together and quickly. But after my son was born um, in 2016, I really began to pray about the possibility of doing something outside of motherhood. And I thought of going back to the music world full time, but I just realized I was going to have to travel. I was going to have to take most of what I made to pay for childcare. And it just was not a sacrifice that I was willing to make. And so I began to look into becoming an entrepreneur. And honestly, when I first started doing it, I really just liked the extra income and I liked that I could do it for home and just be with my kids and be present with them. Um, But I quickly found that there was a part of me that started coming back alive when I started becoming an entrepreneur and started a business. And that was really when I think God began to kind of uncover the fact that there was this thing inside of me, this passion inside of me for seeing other women live into who he had created them to be. And I had not really explored that in a long, long time. And it was time for me to start pursuing that to see what that looked like. And I had no idea what that looked like at the time. I just kind of was was one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, um, and just walking in obedience to what God opened up. And so that was three and a half years ago. It's crazy to think that it's already been three and a half years. And Through that time, it's really been a process of refining is really what I would call it. Um, It's been a roller coaster of up and down of God really revealing to me what I was meant to do all along. And it's so interesting that through the process of entrepreneurship, I think a lot of times people get into it because they think it's about them. It's about building something that reflects them, that is, you know, creating the life that they've always wanted. And what you find along the way is it's really not about you at all. It's really about the people that God wants you to serve throughout the, throughout the journey. And that is what I have found. And so through this process, I have discovered that this passion that I have for seeing other women confidently living into the gifts that God has given them and pursuing that with wild abandon, while at the same time, embracing the grace and rest that comes along the way is really what gets me up in the morning. I could do it 24 seven, 365, never get tired of it. And so discovering that is really what led me to creating Cultivate Legacy in this year, at the beginning of this year, um, which is all about encouraging, equipping and empowering women of faith in entrepreneurship to be all that God called them to be and build those impacts and legacy, that impact and legacy along the way, wherever that is, whatever that looks like, whatever God has called you to, and just being that resource for those women. And so that's the short version of how I got from the beginning to where we are now. So um, I understand that you consider yourself a recovering perfectionist. So as you're saying that, and I am as well, so welcome to the club. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I think with per- being a perfectionist and being an entrepreneur, it's a very fine balance and a very, very delicate dance because you, there's a lot of things that you have to do out of 
just being scared and doing it. And so when you started to become an entrepreneur, what were some of the things, what were your biggest fears? Yeah, I think when I became an entrepreneur, I had to, for the, for the first time in my life, I really had to hit head on people's opinions of me. That was something I had struggled with my entire life. Um, and even it, as a musician going into school, I was performance major and performance majors are typically on stage by themselves. And so in some ways at that part of my life, in that season of my life, I had to deal with it a little bit, but this was the first time where I was the only person and I had to actually hear what people were saying. As a musician, a lot of times you're sheltered from the opinions of what other people think of your performance or whatever, or at least it's clouded by the applause of the people that really enjoyed what you did. Mm -hmm. In the entrepreneurial world, there is no protection for the most part, especially if what you're doing is on more of a public platform, like a social media platform. And so I had to deal right away with the opinions of people that were close to me that did not think that what I was doing was really what I should be doing. I'm very, very thankful that the people in my inner circle were extremely supportive. And that was just a gift and a grace from God because he knew I was going to need that. Otherwise I would have quit. Um, but that was the first thing that I think God was really like, Hey, we're going to deal with this. We are going to hit this head on. You've kind of been able to skirt around it your whole life. Now it's time to deal with it. Yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you that so much just to be able to have to step into it and know that God is like refining you, right? When, when you walk into a season and he's like, do you trust me? Do you really trust me? And that is a really hard place <laughs> to be. So you said also something about um, leadership and it made me think of uh, something somebody said not too long ago about leadership is about serving. And I think that's so important, like whatever business that you're an entrepreneur in, like in order to be a leader, you must serve and build people up. And mm -hmm. I think women have a really, really hard time with that. And so can you talk just a little bit about like mm -hmm. what, how you encourage your group of people to um, build one another up without it being a competition? Yeah, this is a really great, great question. And this is really a big driving force and DNA behind the Cultivate Legacy um, membership because as I got into entrepreneurship, I realized very, very quickly how cutthroat it can be um, because it takes so much grit and determination and perseverance to make it, especially in those early years. And I I saw some people that were able to to get past that and really link arms and encourage each other. And they became stronger in the process. Um, I'm, it reminds me of a Helen Keller quote where she, um, if you're not familiar with Helen, she was deaf and blind and was an incredible historical force. And she said, if you want to go slow, go by yourself. If you want to go fast, go with others. And I saw that play out in so many clear ways when I first started. And it reminded me of how we are stronger together. We are built by our creator to do life together. And so whatever it is, whether it's motherhood, whether it's your entrepreneurial journey, whether it's your corporate job, wherever you are, God has designed you to be stronger when you're with other people. And so my, my passion is to see women of faith and and female entrepreneurs as general be cheerleaders for each other. 
whether or not you agree with each other, whether or not you can help each other in a tangible way, you can be a voice of encouragement to speak truth over them, to encourage them to stay the course wherever they are. And that has really become a mantra of mine of speak truth over people, encourage people, and just be kind. Just yeah. be kind. <laughs> there is no like difficulty in just being kind to other people. Well, apparently there is difficulty in it because some people don't do it, but <laughs> have you seen an episode of the housewives? Just saying. <laughs> um, I love that Shelly, because you said too, um, that entrepreneurship is about the people, which I thought was so good because you're right. A lot of times when we get into entrepreneurship, it's about us. We're like, Oh, we're going to own our own business. We're going to do it. We're, 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 but what you find is, you are serving other people. You're you're finding that hurt in them and trying to find a, a place where it will feel better or start healing or whatever it is. So um, my next question is, what is your favorite part about what you, the hats that you wear? Is it coaching, podcasting? What's the secret sauce there? Yeah, I think this is, the, I love this question now. I used to get really nervous about this because I wasn't really sure it kind of depended on the day, right? Because you wear so many hats as an entrepreneur yeah. and you're, especially at the beginning, you're just trying to keep everything afloat, right? You're doing all the things yeah. and you don't have time to think about like, if I could choose which role, which one would I do? But now three and a half years in, I can say a hundred percent that coaching and being one-on-one with women is yeah. really the secret sauce for me. Honestly, I, um, I kind of discovered this along the way, but I remember early on doing trainings for my team or speaking one-on-one just in a coffee shop kind of situation with women. And I would walk away from it and y'all, I'm an introvert. So that should be a situation that drains me and it doesn't. It literally feels like someone's stoking a fire inside of me and I just can't wait to, to do it again. Like it just is, it's, I cannot get enough of it. It's kind of like potato chips. I can't just eat one. <laughs> And so, and so along the way, I have realized that that is what God has wired me to do a hundred percent, no doubt about it. And so much excitement to be able to finally land on the thing that God wired you to do. I think it's more exciting when you, when the other person figures it out, right. When you can guide them to that place and then it's that aha moment. And it's like, you're cheerleading for them. You're like, yes, you got it. Yeah. And then now go fly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I explained to someone um early on in Cultivate, she kind of asked me, she was like, what role do you see yourself playing as the coach? And I I said, you know, I think that there are different types of coaches. There are coaches that help you kind of get in the game. They're the ones that are at the very beginning, recruiting you to the team, really helping you build your belief. And then you have coaches that are the ones that are running up and down the sidelines, telling you the plays and encouraging you to stay in the game. And then you have the coach at the end zone who's helping you celebrate and then helping you prepare for the next game. And I really see myself as that coach on the sidelines. That's what really gets me fired up is being that person that says, hey, you can do this. Here's the next play to get you from point A to point B. And you are going to eventually get to the end zone. And then I'm going to pass you off to the next person. Yeah, I always um, so say I'm the cheerleader. Like yes. I've got the pom-poms like, come on, yes. do this. It's great. And then when you get that done, I'll give you another one. A hundred percent. I like, I like just 
helping people figure out like what they want to do and then going, you can totally do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I love it. And I think that that's so important that you have a group of women that are supportive around you because I, you know, unfortunately women tend to be catty. They tend to want to compete. And what I've learned in my older age is like, there is enough room for all of us. And each one of us has such different skills and different qualities and God made us unique. And I used to get really super intimidated by like, oh, but they're doing that. Should I be doing that? And I finally got to the place of where like, no, like my voice matters, my calling matters. And so I think women need to understand that. Like, it doesn't matter if someone is doing something similar to you, your voice and your purpose still matters. It's yeah. unique. Mm-hmm. So tell us a couple of lessons you have learned about balancing motherhood and work and all the things, being a wife, all of those. Yes, tell us, Shelly. Tell us us your ways, Shelly. Tell us your ways. Um, Well, I don't know how long we have, (laughs) but um, just kind of high level, I think the first thing that I would say is there is no secret sauce outside of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I really, honestly, I think I've had people ask me, I have people ask me on a regular basis, you know, tell me how to manage all the things. And there, yes, there are lots of wonderful resources out there. Yes. There are wonderful people that can help you along the way. But honestly, if you are unmoored and un- not secure, tethered and anchored to him, I, I can't really give you any hope. That is the hope. That is the hope because you cannot do it for, like outside of that. Um, but the second thing I would encourage, um, anyone that's kind of trying to balance all these things is just eliminate the word balance out of your vocabulary. The very definition of the word balance. I love defining words, um, is that it is equilibrium. It is equal weight distributed equally. And know if you guys have noticed, but it is impossible to equally distribute weight in your priorities because seasons are different. Things are constantly changing. So my encouragement is think of it as harmony. Think of it as creating harmony between your roles as wife, as mother, as coworker, as friend, and the priorities that are most important to you, make sure that they are working in agreement with each other, which means that you can give yourself freedom. If there are times when you need to give more time to your work than you do maybe to a relationship or vice versa, and that's okay. When you are creating harmony, there can still be a working agreement between the things, even when they're not taking equal attention and priority, if that makes sense, because you only have so much energy. And when I discovered that, I think there was a lot more freedom for me to be a hundred percent present in the roles that God had called me to in the seasons that he had called me to and not feel guilty if I had to say, Hey, I can't be present in this right this second. Um, and just seeing it as being kind of an ebb and flow versus trying to create that perfect, you know, balance that's just absolutely impossible. And there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there really isn't. And there's just, I think that's where you end up spinning your wheels a lot as a woman, because we do wear a lot of hats. God has designed us to be able to multitask and do a lot of different things. But in that, we still only have a certain amount of energy. 
And in order to give the attention to the things that are most important, we have to be able to say, hey, these things can't take my attention right now. So I, I, I've heard it like um, described in a, a word picture of all of your priorities are like glass and plastic balls. And you have the freedom to choose which ones are the ones that absolutely need to stay in the air, the ones that are glass, and which ones are the plastic ones that you can set down. It doesn't mean that you can't pick them up. It just means for a time, they are safe on the floor. And that's where I see that um, harmony coming into play. Yeah, and I think just giving yourself grace for the seasons that are tougher and that you have to put certain things aside. I think that's always been like, a, with as a perfectionist, that's always a really hard thing because you wanna be able to do it all, but there are seasons when you just have to take a little, your foot off the brake just a little bit to be yeah. able to, you know, put your energy into other things. Yeah, and I, I think would that- say too, like, I think you, as moms, I think you feel that mom guilt Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I even as a stay-at-home mom, I, I think you feel guilt because you're not doing something more for the world or whatever. But if you're a working mom, I see this a lot with young women. There is that guilt. So it's like you can't ignore that emotion, but just know that it's okay to feel that because you're going to feel that if, if you have a project that has to get done you are going to be a little less attentive to that child at that moment and vice versa. If you're with this child right here and it's something important, the work is going to have to wait because this is where my attention has to be. And you're going to feel guilt over that, but you have to just release that and let it know, let, let yourself give yourself grace and just now that it, there is no equally balanced thing. It's like, it is a teeter totter, right? It's, it's like, sometimes it's all over here. Sometimes it's all over here. And what, once in a while you get to hit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I love um, the idea of seasons too, because I think we don't give each other enough grace um, for the seasons that we're in, especially as women, especially as wearing all the hats that we wear. And I remember my mom telling me early on in my motherhood journey, when I was in the trench of the trench, like, you know, four kids, six and under, I just thought I was never going to, you know, see the light of day again. And I remember her saying, um, Shelly, give yourself grace first. And then I remember her saying, just remember that every season has a beginning and an ending. Mm -hmm. And at the time I remember thinking, oh my goodness, well, but this, this one doesn't seem like it's going to ever end. And here I am three and a half years later and I'm in a completely different season than, and she was right. And the things that I had to say no to then, I can now say yes to. And the things that I said yes to in that season, I can't say yes to right now. And so it's just learning that my identity is not tied to any of those things. Right. That's good. Say that again. Your identity (laughs) is not tied to the hats that you wear. Yeah. It's not. Your identity is secure in who your creator made you to be. And so if I have to set something down, who cares? I'm still Shelly. I'm still a daughter of the King. I'm still completely loved unconditionally. I am like satisfied before God that like all of that is solid and secure. And that's what gives the freedom to say, Hey, that's not for me right now. And I honestly don't feel guilty about it. So if someone has to take care of my kids so I can focus on work for a time. That's okay. That's Okay. Because I'm not defined by that or vice versa. 
So I think that's one of the big things. What are you being defined by? And is it giving you freedom or is it keeping you in the guilt pit? Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because when you were saying it, I was telling Phyllis earlier that one of the things that God has really prompted in my heart over this season in my life is idols and surrender. And, you know, we make our hats, our idols, and God can't work in us if we are holding those to this standard. And so I have had to learn to literally like write down, I am surrendering these things. And it's not like it's a one and done. It is a Mm -hmm. constant thing that I have to do. And whether it's writing it down or physically saying it, it's in the surrender where God is actually able to really use you and propel you into bigger things, greater things for you. So hundred percent this morning, I was even like, I've even started physically like opening my hands yes. every morning and saying, I give you today. I give you all the things that are on my list because I can. So as a type a, I can so tightly hold them because control is my idol. It a hundred percent is mm-hmm. like, I, I want to know that I can check off the boxes that I can do it, that, you know, I, that I, 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 and in this season, I've been learning the same thing of surrender is really where freedom is found. Yeah. Opening your hands is really where freedom is found. And um, yeah, you're right. It is. It sometimes it's a moment by moment thing. If I'm yeah, honest, like not right. even a daily thing, <laughs> it's a moment yeah. by moment, just letting go. But I will say as an A-type personality too, the free fall feels beautiful. Like there's something beautiful about letting go. And come just, to my side. Yeah, come to your side. I mean, That's there's, there's my life. I mean, there's definitely things about perfectionists that we, everybody needs a little bit of a perfectionist in their life, right? But when you're so, holding on so tight, like it's almost like God can't even really work in your dreams or goals or visions because you're like, but I want this, but I want to hold on to this. And so, yeah, the free fall I'm learning too is not so bad. (laughs) Uh, Sherry Gregory says that um, control is actually perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. It's, you know, people just say, oh no, I just like having things in order. And, you know, I just like that. I just, I need to control this. And she's like, that's perfectionism. You know, it's just the same thing. So a lot of times people don't think that they're perfectionists and then you find out you kind of are. Yeah. Everybody has a little perfectionism. Yeah. Because everyone wants to hold on to something. So. Yeah. I've also found that perfectionism can often be kind of disguised in sheep's clothing as being fear of failure. It's Mm, kind of the same thing. Because when you are afraid to fail, it's because you are, are afraid that it's going to, you know, reflect poorly on you. Right. And that again, kind of goes back to that definition of what are you being defined by? And when you can begin to see failure as opportunities to learn as stepping stones to whatever it is that God has for you, then you're able to more fully embrace that free fall. And honestly, can I just say that the free fall is easier if you have others doing it with you? It yeah. kind of goes back to the community thing, right? Yes. If you have people on the cliff that are not just encouraging you, but saying, hey, I'm going to link arms and jump off with you, so much easier. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, such a good conversation. But Shelly, we have one last question for you. It's our standard question. What would you tell your 22-year-old self? Uh, <laughs> my 22-year-old self was just graduating from college, engaged to get married, and I thought my whole life was planned out. I thought that everything was exactly the way I had it planned. And if I could go back and tell 
my 22 year old self anything, I would say exactly what I just said earlier, which is let go and surrender whatever the vision is that you have for your life. Just let it go and be open to the fact that God could have something so much better for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. When I look back at what I had planned and what my life looks like now, um, every single time I can look at where my life has shifted, it's when I let my hands go off of the thing and God moved. And I saw, like, it is so beautiful. It's almost like seeing a storm and then seeing a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's like what scripture talks about, about having Ebenezer's that are basically like markers, God's faithfulness along the way. And so if I could just, you know, grab my 22 year old self by either side of the face and just say, you know, surrender, and there will be a lot more rainbows. There will be so many more shifts. Um, and there was so much more freedom uh, to just let God do the thing. And the beautiful thing about it is that it doesn't have, it won't have anything to do with like your capabilities or, you know, anything. It'll be all about letting him lead, guide, and direct. And then you just being along for the ride. Um, and that's just so much more fun. So much more fun and so much more fun. Okay. That is so awesome. I hear when you say that, and um, it's so funny because I have, heard this word a few times over the last probably nine months and it says the best is yet to come and I think that that is a great way to just end off with saying the best is yet to come for everyone so thank you so much for being on today thank you thank you this has been amazing and your vulnerability and 24 karat tribe thank you so much for being on this episode with us today and until next time sparkle on bye peeps bye